Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. I'm Tom Cliff, creator of the world-famous online stand-up bingo, which started out its life at Northampton Town Football Club. Join me every Saturday at 2.15pm on the Cafe Track Facebook page for your chance to be crowned stand-up bingo champion of the world. Every ticket purchased goes towards keeping Cafe Track and Track NN, a social enterprise dedicated to helping people to access work experience and hopefully employment. Buy your ticket now at buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track. Make sure you leave your chosen 15 numbers between 1 and 90 in the comment section and then play along live on the Saturday afternoons before the Cobblers game. So go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash cafe track now and get your ticket for the world famous stand up bingo. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Brain again, and he's got it! Gavin was closing in, oh Gavin has scored! Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not that to three! Hello and welcome to the last preview show of the season. It's been a long old season and finally we're at the end. A little later we'll be joined by Sunderland fan Graham, but to start with Danny, it's been a busy week for the Cobblers as the club unveiled their plans for a recruitment and management restructuring. What did you make of that, mate? And how are you, first of all, I should say, as well? I'm all right, yeah. I'm, all right. yeah. I'm, I'm sad that our weekly um, therapy sessions on these preview shows is going to go away. So we're going to have to find something to fill that with. But other than that, doing all right. I think it's um, burying bad news that comes to mind <laughs> this week. It feels like, yeah. feels like this has been ready um, to throw in whenever we got relegated. Um, they started off the week with Adam Morton's birthday, which was handy as well. Um, yeah, just after you know, a blackout. What's the first just thing after that we a blackout? Just after relegation, when we've not been able to post on social media, no one in their right mind could 
not be happy about Adam Morton's birthday. So what a great time that was. <laughs> what great timing that was. Whether Maybe it wasn't even his birthday, but, you know, <laughs> maybe they just thought, oh, who would be the best person to, to, for have, to have a birthday on this day? And it, you can't get any better than Adam Morton. I don't think so. Um, this is all quite interesting that's dropped this week, though, isn't it, about the, the structural changes, which we knew was coming. Um, yeah, but I, I will say that, yes, we knew it was coming, but there was a little bit of like downplaying of it, I felt, last week. Calvin Thomas, was he on the BBC Northampton Cobblers show? Yeah, yeah. And he almost kind of said, oh, I wouldn't expect any, anything too, you know, different. Yeah, um, but I think... That's what I can... took from what he'd said at the time, anyway. Yeah, I think he, he couldn't really say anything until we'd been confirmed to be relegated, I don't think, because... Obviously, being in League One, it might have changed a certain things about it. But obviously, once he knows he's relegated, he can now reveal a bit more about it and try and lead the charge back straight away kind of thing. I think, like I say, he needed a little bit of something good news-wise this week um, to, to build on my <laughs> little weekend. <laughs> yeah, to build on Morse's <laughs> birthday yeah, so that we can forget about the fact we're going back to League Two and the likes of Crawley and not going to Sunderland anymore. Um, <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's, it's definitely quite a bit of interesting stuff in there about the, the um, recruitment stuff, um, which is obviously mm. um, coming up because uh, uh, Simon Tracy was sacked. I assume he was sacked anyway, based on the statement <laughs> that they put out, which is <laughs> what, about the a line, it's not a, a statement, sentence it's a of sentence. like, <laughs> they might as well have just put see you Simon or hashtag by Simon, mightn't they? But, um, we, we spoke <laughs> Hashtag, hashtag Taylor's got copyright on that. Mate. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> um, but I think we've, we're all in slight agreement that recruitment was such a major issue this year and he hasn't, clearly hasn't, didn't do the job properly or well enough to keep us up. Yeah. So unfortunately he did have to lose his job, so... Yeah, it's interesting because there was a um, – so there's been several articles uh, through the Chronicle and Echo that have essentially come from this chat that the media have had with Kelvin Thomas and, and James Whiting, the CEO. And one of the articles was James Whiting saying that we did not have a bottom four budget mm. uh, for League One, which I thought was I – d- I don't know whether it's um, – I don't know whether that's a good thing to admit or not at this point. I'll be honest yeah. that that in a way makes me more angry. Yeah, um, yeah definitely. <laughs> I think we if they'd have turned around and said, you know what? Yeah, we, we, we did have a tighter budget and you know, it is that, but to turn around and say that it was the same budget that we had the last time that we stayed up in league one. So that was the Rob page just did Edinburgh season. Yeah. Um, that's a kick in the nuts. It's another little dig on it at Simon Tracy. <laughs> yeah. um, I do wonder what would have happened if we did stay up, though, whether he would have been a part of this restructuring or not, because what what would it be based on? Or what, coming straight after relegation, you do think, is there something in his contract that said, you know, if we go down, that's it, because you clearly haven't built or helped to the big enough squad. But it's so weird, because I don't really know how much goes on in terms of how much Keith Cole would have had because Keith Cole struck me as someone who would have wanted to be hands on about recruitment. So mm. it's how much blame goes to which party, but maybe he had more say in it than than Cole didn't. Eventually, yeah. Don't forget though. I think Simon Tracy wasn't Simon Tracy Keith Cole's goalkeeping coach at Carlisle. So Possibly. I don't think I'll, I'll just double check. I'm pretty sure that that's the that's the case. Um, yeah, he was. So. He was brought into the club by Keith Curl. The fact that Keith Curl isn't here anymore, I'm not so surprised that he's left mm. now. Um, you know, it, it's one of those that you kind of, I think I saw a thread on the hotel end that was started at the beginning of the week that said about both Simon Tracy and Dan Watson still being here and why were they still here? And <laughs> it's all their fault now that yeah. we can't shout at Keith Curl kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, saying, well, why didn't the club, put all of the contracts for like Keith and the rest of his team, if you like, all in one so that they were all at least tied in together. So if one left, well, the manager left, they all left kind of thing. But Mm. is that really what you want? I mean, you know, do you want the whole team to just disappear on the same day? Yeah. Uh, I think (laughs) this this is probably planned. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe uh, I do wonder about the new structure as well with this with this group. That what happens if it all goes wrong again? <laughs> like, this, do they all go? Committee. The committee. Yeah, so does, committee. do they all go? Or what? Uh, it's uh, and it, it's going to take 
a certain type of manager that wants to work with that because I can see a few managers turning up and having an interview if we are changing manager maybe we're not um turning up and saying well I want full control of recruitment and us turn having to turn around and say well you can't have it and we'll probably lose out on people because of that but it does look pretty good from what I can see on first viewing like involving Samo and Graham Carr I quite like that bit um it's people yeah. who are like embedded in the in the club and know what the club's all about. I think that's I really important. I would say important. that having Ian Sampson, the head of the academy, don't forget that's that's yeah. why he's in there, um, is is really good. It will also have a new head of recruitment, plus obviously the manager will be in there as well, whoever that might be, John Brady or A. N. It doesn't specifically say that, though, does it? Oh no, it doesn't. In fairness, yeah. it doesn't manage the manager. Uh, mention the manager, I should say. It does say James Whiting. And Kelvin Thomas will be a part of it. Yeah, you're not going to argue with James Whiting either, are you? So get him on <laughs> Definitely <there>. not. <laughs> Definitely not. He's just got to look at you, hasn't he? And you'd be like, all right, then, yes, I'll do anything you say. <laughs> uh, and then Graham Carr um, in an advisory role. Mm. So, But, I mean, he's in an advisory role at the football club anyway, I think, isn't he, Graham? So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he's so much in a, uh, you know, a, a, I was going to say professional, the role. That's that's not the right word at all. But, you know, a... Um, I suppose a role that is set in stone, almost. Yeah. So you know, you know, like um, Alan Sugar comes through the doors last on The Apprentice. You've is got like I think we've got Samo, James Whiting, and Kelvin Thomas, probably by video link there, and then at the end, like Graham Carr, is the one who comes through the door last and sits down. Everyone's just like, "Oh, boss is here." Is Graham Carr not a bit more like Claude? <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's just going because he's, you know, bold and looks, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, roundish face, I would say. But yeah, maybe. I like to think um, that it will send Alan along now and again as well, just to, <laughs> <laughs> you know, Graham can't make it to this meeting, so it'll send Alan along. Oh, uh, I, I was about to do an impression and I thought better of it. No, 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 no. <laughs> Amazing. Um, the one thing that, like, I, I, I do like it. I like it as a step and I think it is a good step in the right direction there are a couple of things that I still have questions over which you know I think is fair enough this is only the very first day that we've received this information um but like you've sort of said what happens if it isn't going right is probably one Mm. like who gets the blame for it but number two and this is the kind of big next question for me I think is uh, it's They've talked about being patient, i.e. sort of saying this is, you know, means that we might not be just going all out for success straight away kind of thing. We're going to need to be a bit more patient. But then later on in the same article, then sort of starts talking about how we're going to be going for promotion. That's the aim. And I'm just, what I want personally, and I'm I'm, I'm going to pretend that I speak for more than just me here for a second. I'm going to suggest that there's maybe at least two or three other people that agree with this. What I would like is a little bit more detail in terms of a bit more of a timescale. How long are we are we going to be expected to be patient for? Like I'm quite, I'd be quite happy if they turned around and said, "Look, next season we're going to we're going to give a decent budget, and that budget is going to be in the top ten of League Two. Now, remember what Keith Kell said last season about um, doing better than what your budget actually was rated at, if that makes sense, and getting the most out of it. That obviously means that, you know, you want to sort of push on. But essentially, if we're told we're aiming for, say, top 10, then nobody's going to complain when we finish ninth. Mm. And then maybe year two, we say, right, we're aiming for the playoffs. With a year three being that if we haven't achieved promotion through the playoffs in year two, year three will be promotion will be the aim. I'm not suggesting that that's the actual timescale that I want. I'm just saying that if we had a bit more information, I'd be a little bit happier because at the moment I feel like this is a little bit blasé almost. Yeah, it is a bit. I think the the timescale thing, I think the reason why they don't do it is just because everyone's going to hold them to it for the whole season then, aren't they? So, um, yeah, but what, don't do I don't see what the problem is with that. No, if you're no. realistic with your targets, then I don't see what the issue is. Yeah, I think... I'd it's, rather it's, have that Yeah, it's kind of had this year. It's kind of playing it as to hedge his bets a little bit, I think. And he'd mm. like, 
saying like, don't get your hopes up too much, but we will, you know, obviously, obviously what 12, 13, 14 teams in that league will want to be promoted. Like, of course you do. Like, that goes without saying, really. Um, I think that's the bit that kind of, I don't know, he throws in the patience thing, I think, just to, just to, so he's got something to fall back on. And I don't really like that bit, honestly, myself, um, mm. because I think we should be aiming as high as we can straight away. I mean, it's obviously going to be a massive turnaround, but why don't why can't we just put something together and put put a manager in place, put all this in place now and go for it? Like that we we shouldn't really be unless we've got the same squad as this season. We shouldn't really be worried about the bottom half. I don't think. Um, no. But and then when you get to sort of mid table, you think the playoffs are in reach anyway, so you might as well, you know, plan to plan to go up and plan to challenge because otherwise, what you what you doing really yeah 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 what's um, the point yeah, yeah what is right, the point yeah. um and we need to be a club i don't want i don't want us to be a club of like oh you know we're, we're just sitting still and we just this is going to be a season of consolidation because consolidation in league two looks horrific so yeah yeah just like, no a little I, bit more I, there's going to be a transition isn't there a transition yeah, yeah, period sure. now i'm not going to say that you know it's like brexit and going to last 400 years or anything like that with lots of opposition shouting about doing other things instead but there is going to be a, a time scale which is going to be, you know, a transition from what we're at now, not just in terms of the structuring of the club, but also in terms of the, the playing squad itself and, and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, I'm quite happy to sort of, if what was meant by it was that for us to see the benefits of this new system, that will take time and you'll have to have a bit of patience. Mm. Yeah, but the, we're still going for it in terms of the the new manager coming in will have a budget. He will have a um, he will be told, you know, the basis of what it is that we want our identity to be as a football club, and these are the types of players that we're looking at. So therefore, you know, these are the types. I suppose really the way to do it is to go. This is how we've been playing in the academy at all the levels. These are the players that have been coming through. They don't currently fit in with our style of play and our philosophy under you know the last regime. So we want to make sure that they have got access or there is that door into the first team. Mm. So therefore, we want a manager that plays the same style of football. We want this, that and the other. And it might just be that you know it takes half a season to get the squad, a new look squad again, don't forget, gelled together and actually playing the way that not just the manager wants, but but this new committee wants, or at least to be pointing in the right direction of that playing mm. style, I think. Yeah. What do you think the playing style is? Because it says to me, like... Kick they're, it! They're trying to... <laughs> it says to me, like, it, it seems the way they're talking in terms of long-term planning and stuff, that it is... They're tr- it it reads like it should. It could be a completely different to what we've seen before, which would be great. Um, Ticka-tacka, gagan press. Ticka-tacka, yeah, press it. <laughs> <laughs> just, just peg it, ticker it, tacker it, <laughs> press it. <laughs> That'll be on the oh, changing room wall as yeah, the players yeah. walk led, in, led by Sam Hoskins from the front, obviously. Uh, uh, but but it's it. it's interesting to see them talking about philosophy because I think Kelvin's talked a little bit before about like when, especially when Cole was in charge of it, didn't really matter what style it was as long as they're winning. So mm. it's interesting to start reading about that. It can only mean it's I easy think. to say it now, though, isn't it? Yeah, when yeah. There's, when there's nothing to do and there's yeah. been a really unsuccessful season, it's mm. really easy to do this now. I'm not having a massive pop. Yeah. I'm just saying it is easy to do it at this stage. Yeah. Um, but it'd be, it'd be so, good if this philosophy was. Because it's a it's a lot more when you talk about philosophy, you do start talking about pass the pass the ball out from the back and all this kind of thing. If you if you're talking about it going through, right through the club, because it's a lot easier to have a philosophy of just lump it in it. And that, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's not what they mean. So it'll be interesting yeah, to see that. I think when, once we start to see the type of play we bring in, we're going to get a pretty good idea of what style it's going to be, aren't we? Like if we suddenly yeah. sign, I don't know, <laughs> who's a who's a lump of a striker. Um, but Dane Oliver. <laughs> it's not a lump. No, that's um, true. It's not a lump. John Parkin, get him out Harry's, of retirement. Let's just say if Harry Smith's lining up for us in pre-season, then the philosophy is going to be oh, one thing. Oh, um, don't. Which is, yeah. Don't be mean to Harry. I'm not. I'm just saying that it'll, it'll lead to a certain philosophy, I think, if he's like. Yeah, but I don't think Harry Smith is if, a route one, you know, lump it target man anyway. We didn't. That, that's partly the issue. I mean, this is going completely off on a tangent, but that's 
that's part of the issue that he's had with playing in in our squad is that he's not that player, in my opinion. Mm, um, yeah, I disagree with that. That's fine. But, but if Danny Rose is up front... Want, but it's my podcast. Yeah. Go away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if Danny Rose is up front and, and stuff, then, you know... Yeah. I don't know. It, 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 I think we will just get an idea, won't we, when the signings start coming in and we start to see those showreels. What... <laughs> What the show reels that you're never going to trust again? Yeah, <laughs> is that right? Yeah, yeah, those ones. Yeah, yeah. we'll uh, start to get an idea of what's going to happen. Hopefully, and it'll be good to be entertained for a bit, won't it? It will be at least. Um, <laughs> just, yeah, for a little bit, please, please. Uh, just very quickly before we introduce our guest um, from Sunderland, um, there was also the news on the end of this, if you like, which was that the club are also investing heavily in some brand new training pitches at Moulton. Um, Paul Knowles and his team have already been working on these for the last few months and they will be ready for the start of pre-season and that will hugely improve the facilities the first team have to work with. Now, I've seen a quote somewhere, I think it was the Cron or it was either Jake Sharp or Henners who said £75,000 has been injected into that training facility. Now, very quickly, Danny... What do you? What's your opinion on that? Because we still won't own those facilities, but we're obviously putting money in to improve them. Mm. Is that enough? No idea. It doesn't feel like. I don't mean money. I don't mean is it enough money? I just mean is that enough in terms of we don't own the facilities? No, enough to actually be doing something with them. Well, you'd hope so. Um, I'm still, I'd still be in favour of having facilities at the ground because I just like that feel of the club being in one place. If that makes sense, um, what, ruining like, the pitch. No, no, not on the pitch, but you know, oh. being as as part of the six fields facility, like like the I've athletics got, yeah. track used to be. Just yeah. so it's just a, like a visual thing for new signings and stuff. If they come in just to see, oh, there's the training ground. There's this. There's that. Rather than, oh, the training ground's a couple of miles away, kind of thing. It's just a. Not a lot of clubs do that, though. Most clubs will have their training ground away from the the match. I seem to remember, was it it John Brady when he first came in as manager said something along the lines of, you know, that it should be an occasion to go and play the games at Six Fields, whereas if you're always there, it's a bit less of a... Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's just me as a visual person. Just just I'd I'd want to see the arena that I'm going to be... Well, you know, when, when I'm running up the touchline. It's taken five years for one standing. It's still not really. You want an arena? Crikey. <laughs> on that note, uh, <laughs> on that note, let's introduce you to our Sunderland fan. He has been on the pod before, back in January, um, when we last entertained Sunderland at Six Hills. This time, we're heading all the way up the A1 slash A1M, and uh, we're going to the Stadium of Light for the first time in a long, 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 long time. Graham, how are you, mate? You well? Yeah, I'm very well. Um, I have a confession to make. I was looking when you were chatting about Graham Carr, and I hadn't realised he'd gone to Northampton. So I was, obviously, I would near neighbours. I won't swear on your podcast, the ones that were oh, black yeah. and white. Um, I kind of thought, is that the same guy that was like heralded mm-hmm. as like the, the number one scout ever? And Obviously it is. But the most interesting aspect of this, unless Wikipedia is lying to me, is that that's Alan Carr's dad. Yep, that's yeah, right. I, I had no clue about that whatsoever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm in I'm in uh, shock mode currently. So, yeah, I'm all right, <laughs> I guess, apart from that. <laughs> uh, well, obviously, Sunderland, uh, well, it's a dead rub at this, isn't it, on Sunday? Um, <laughs> that's a kind of way say. of putting it, Charles. That's, yeah, well, yeah, uh, dead, oh, rubber. Yeah. dead rubber. Uh, neither of us really care that much. You, you're you definitely in the playoffs. Um, you're, you're literally fighting it out, if that is even the expression to use, just to see whether you'll finish third, fourth or fifth. At the moment, you're fourth. Does it really matter if you finish third, fourth or fifth? You're in the playoffs. I mean, third or fourth will give you a home tie in the second leg, I suppose. But does that really matter? Are you bothered, Graham? In short, no. But I'm, I suppose I'm, I'll try and pretend that I do a little. Um, <laughs> I suppose if I'm if I'm looking at like Sunderland winning the playoffs, which ain't going to happen, but let's pretend it is going to, um, what pathway would I like? I wouldn't really like facing Portsmouth. So finishing third would be a bit of a pain in the arse because then that would be Portsmouth again. I don't really like facing Portsmouth at the best of times, so not in the playoff situation. And because they beat us, no, because we beat them last time in the playoff semis, football political and, and yada yada. Um, 
And then finishing fourth or fifth would give us Lincoln sort of home and away. And, and I haven't looked into this too much because I, I get the feeling it's not going to happen because if I'm honest with you, anything that the current government said about anything opening anywhere, I've kind of took the opposite decision. So if they said it's going to open on the 19th, I've gone, no, it's not. It's probably going to be closed forever. Um, so fans <laughs> probably won't be allowed in. But let's just pretend that, you know, they do tell the truth for once. And I think if we get the second leg at home, we would have 10,000 fans in if current plans mm-hmm. are in place. So I suppose I would prefer to finish fourth. Um, but I suppose in a sense, we've just been on such a bad run of form. And then we obviously won last week against 10-man Plymouth. With all due respect to, to um, Northampton and obviously your side, you've just recently gone down, nothing to play for at all, even less than us. I think what we would really be looking for is just like a battering, like a, a four or a five, just to give us a bit of confidence going in. Whether that'll mm-hmm. happen, I, I don't really know. Um, I suppose we just want to get a bit of form. But then but then if we win four or five, it's going to be a case of, well, they're relegated. You should be doing that. Why didn't we do that a few <laughs> weeks ago? So it's, I don't know, because um, Sunderland like to bat you. Um, and I know there's clubs that have had similar tales, but being a Sunderland fan has not been the best for a long time. You kind of always expect the worst sometimes. So I'm not really excited for the playoffs. So I don't really care where we finish. Um, be nice to avoid Portsmouth, I guess. Okay. Okay. I mean, Danny, you've been saying for the last few weeks how, you know, almost annoying it is to speak to the fans of clubs that are on the up at the top end of the table and how, you know, happy and excited and how much they're enjoying football. Yeah, this is a bit like the opposite. Yeah, I guess it's past experience, I guess, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And like that um that's feeling of what happened before, was it um two years ago you're in the playoffs? Was yeah, it, was that of course. Yeah, COVID's kind of killed off what I what date it was. I believe it was the two thousand eighteen nineteen season. Yeah. And it and it is a little bit of that. Yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, of course, Charlton. We would definitely like to avoid Charlton. So as much as I actually quite like their fans because of, I don't know, they're quite good with gallows humour when they beat us in playoff finals. Um, <laughs> I would like to avoid them because Charlton in a playoff final, everyone will just go, right, okay, I'll just turn telly off. No point. <laughs> it's looking very unlikely, I will say that. I mean, mm. Portsmouth are basically in pole position, aren't they? So uh, I, I can see that that's probably going to be the end result and they're at home to Accrington. Um, I can't see them not getting what they need there for that. Nah, but me neither. As long as they keep Oxford <laughs> you know. out, then. So yeah, keep Oxford out of it. I don't want that. Can't I can't be dealing with another one of them doing well. Previously, uh, had no issue with Oxford until Carl Robinson decided to be Carl Robinson effectively a few weeks ago, <laughs> um, which I'm sure you've had your own experiences with. I think everyone's had the experience of Carl Robinson, haven't they? So, um, oh, yeah. yeah, I like, again, I like Oxford fans, but I don't like Carl Robinson. So, yeah, let's let's just have whoever. Fair enough. Um, what sort of team are you expecting then on Sunday, Graham? Because, I, I mean... I... I saw a I saw an article I think in the Sun is it the Sunderland Echo is that right yeah, um, yeah. a and A Q&A and a guy called Phil Smith I don't know who that is whether it's somebody connected to the club or not sorry um, he was saying that he would expect that if either Aidan McGeady or Charlie White have any kind of slight knock or tickle then they'll be left out and uh, and rested to make sure that they are fit for the playoffs are there any you know, knocks or bruises or anything that is going to mean that those two are going to be left out? And if they are left out, are you quite happy with the, the replacements that you've got? Uh, yeah, just uh, Phil Smith's the, um, the the chief sports writer at, at the Sun and Echo. So um, we work for the same company and I would assume he, he knows probably more than I do, both in his <laughs> general knowledge and with Sun and... Um, I think for me, when it comes to McGeady and, and Charlie White, they were both out last week. Um, it, some fans will have different opinions. I think I'm probably a bit more negative at the minute than I have been in a while. But um, I think if if we're thinking about you know going ahead and trying to win the playoffs, if Aidan McGeady's fingernail is broken, I wouldn't play him. Um, <laughs> because 
even though he's 35 and you kind of do want to be moving beyond players that are that sort of age, um, there's no doubt that Aidan McGeady, in my opinion, which I know is debatable, especially in Hull, um, the best player in League One, probably. Um, I think he's got like 14 assists since like December, his first game, which is the highest or second highest, like, if he fancies it, he can win you a game and he could win it on the biggest stage. He could win it in the playoffs. Um, and obviously the last playoff that we had, he was, I think he had a broken foot and he was injured against um, both legs against Portsmouth and then could only come on just before it looked like it was going to extra time, I think 10 minutes mm. before the end of that that Charlton game. Um, I think if he's even slightly injured, like even 1%, just don't risk him. The the weird one will be Charlie White because Charlie White on paper scored 30 goals and has been our player of the year. I think he's been nominated for player of the year um, in the league as well. And uh, Charlie's had a really good season, but it follows two like, really bad ones. And I, I haven't been that impressed by Ross Stewart, who we brought in from uh, Ross County in January, but he they both missed out against Plymouth. Um, and Ross Stewart scored a really good goal on on Saturday, um, and looked a little bit more mobile than Charlie White, which is weird because he's about seven foot nine um, and looks like he shouldn't be able to move, let alone have a decent turn of pace. But um, yeah, I would be, I would prefer to probably rest them, even if they're not injured, just to make sure they're, they're, they're fit and fresh. I mean, it's been a, a long old season. We got the final of the, the Papa John's and obviously won it, but that has added games. Um, Every team in League One's played Wednesday, Sunday for like months on end. There's been the COVID situation that I think every club's had um, sort of middle of the year. So it's been a, an odd old season, I think, if you've got an opportunity where you can say, look, let's rest ideally two players who could probably get us promoted via the playoffs. Let's just kind of like put them in cling film or whatever it is that keeps them protected and, and go for it. And we've got good enough replacements like Ross Stewart. It'd be good for him to get a bit of confidence, maybe get another goal. Um because then you start looking at Ross Stewart as an option coming off the bench in the playoffs. And I think Jordan Jones is probably up there on his day with one of the better players in League One. Um, and Lyndon Gooch had a good game on Saturday. So yeah, for me, I, I would I would just rest them even if they're not even if they're not injured. I would I would just rest them, give them a couple of weeks off, and, and kind of recharge their batteries a bit because they're vitally important for the weeks ahead. Brilliant. I, I mean, I know that one of the other things that we've actually seen in the news this week has been that Sunderland have taken two of our academy members on trial. So this is uh, Tom Scott and Ethan Johnston. Um, Danny, your thoughts, first of all, on this? I know that there's been uh, a few murmurings of discontent on Twitter this afternoon when the news broke. Mm. Yeah, it's one of them. and They're like, I've, I've never seen any of them play, I don't think. Potentially, Johnston played a few minutes in the Pizza Cup, but so I can't really comment on what I think of them as players because I don't know. Um, it's just a bit concerning that that they're just going to potentially be let go as well. And um, we were talking a little bit before the pod started about how there isn't really that progression from the like, under 18s. There isn't a, something in between there and the first team that we can see, or like there used to be reserve games, or they've. Um, there used to be a lot more chances for them to play somewhere that we could see them. So it's a bit, a bit of a weird one. And like there isn't really that at the club at the minute. Maybe that's something we need to bring in in this restructuring thing. Like where where can they see the progression? Because Keith Cole talked a lot about, didn't he? The, what, was, what did he call it? The player um, pathway. Player pathway, yeah. Um, and, it, it's, and he kind of pulled out all the stats, didn't he, about how many homegrown players he used to play and stuff, but it didn't really make a lot of sense. Um, so it, it does worry me a little bit, but when a team like Sunderland come, you, what what can you do, really? And it's, it's, yeah. it's what what we need to look at is what we're doing to make make it so that it's not just a, a deal where they can just fly off for free. Um, like if we think highly enough of them, if Sunderland think highly of them, then surely there's something that we need to be doing to protect us against a, a free, like a, just leaving and then signing for someone else for seven million in a few years' time, <laughs> which usually happens. Like that, that needs to be in place, and I think this this kind of thing opens up that discussion. Hopefully, I think yeah. my sort of um, not issue with it, but my 
thinking behind it, my rational level-headedness um, that comes straight into play here is, well, it's as follows. So, as you said, Danny, we don't have a reserve team or an under-23s, as that would now be known as these days. Um, so, once a player gets through the under-18s and they get to the end of their youth academy contract, the only place that they've got left to go within the club is into the first team. Mm. Now, if they're not good enough to go straight into the first team to be actually a fully-fledged member of the squad that will actually be there to improve us as a team, then that would be money that would have to be sort of taken into account as not being able to be spent on, you know, a player that is seasoned, a seasoned pro or, you know, a talent that is going to improve us straight away. So the issue that I've got and and one that I would, I would love to see happen. I don't think it will happen because I don't think that we've got the kind of money to do this, but I would love to have a kind of player, uh, you know, pathway additional squad set up so that, these players that have come to the end of their under-18s deals, their academy deals, will then have an under-23 side to go into to continue their development that would be alongside the first team. But then no, there's no pressure on them to be, not just them, but there's also no pressure on the management or the coaching squad or the committee or whatever it is that it's going to be to actually play them mm. Or release them kind of thing. And I think this kind of leads on to to you, Graham, with Sunderland, which is that you guys have an under-23 squad. So, and obviously being the size of club that you are, and I know you've had your problems over the last several years financially with, with different owners and the like, but as a business, you've still got enough money to run an under-23s club or squad, sorry. So therefore you've maybe got more money to have the patience to to take on these younger players and nurture them and get them ready for your first team. And I suppose as well, if it wasn't uh, in in the most respectful way, I suppose if it wasn't an, an easier sell to say, look, you're not in the Northampton first team, you're 18, 19, whatever it may be. Um, do you want to come to Sunderland and, and play in our under-23 team? Um <clears throat> I imagine recently it's a, it's a bit of an easier sell for them um, in another way as well because our under-23 team and an under-18 team has, has struggled um, for numerous reasons, which can be seen on, on Netflix probably, um, <laughs> sadly. Um, we just got the appointment wrong. Um, there was a guy that we brought in from Eastleigh called called Paul Reed, which this is probably a controversial opinion. Um, I've had a few interactions with him, always seemed like a, a relatively nice bloke, but I, I think it just, I don't think he was dealt the best of hands um, by Methven and Stuart Donald, which I don't think is that surprising to people who've seen hmm. season two. Um, and I don't know whether he's quite up to the job either at the same time. Um, certainly results indicated that was not the case. And, a lot of the conversation was we were playing because our our academy is category one, which is basically outside of the Super League teams. I think probably the best or one of, um, mm-hmm. and we we were just gutting it like it was cost cutting in the worst way. Like we've lost a mountain of players to teams like Manchester United, Leeds, Arsenal for like a pittance. Um, Sam Greenwood is probably one of them that I think he went at sixteen for like pennies to to Arsenal it hasn't really worked out from Arsenal but he's gone to Leeds um, I think for 2 million so you're talking 2 million for a player that didn't even play like a first team game for Arsenal and, and stuff like that so it got gutted an awful lot but obviously with the, the new owner coming in he's spoken an awful lot about recruitment strategy and, and building things up from um, solid foundations which he, he spoke really well to be fair to him and take away from the, the disappointment towards the end of the season he's, he's been kind of the opposite to to Stuart Donald and quite refreshing, despite the fact he's only 23, he seems to have a, a real business head on him. Um, and I think if you were like showcasing an under-23 player, essentially to to Sunderland now, you could say, look look at this brilliant academy, but also 
we've gone from losing every single game on the 23 level against, you know, good sides, um, good academies to like, we're actually pulling off results. I think we've won six or seven and it's the under 23 team's got a lot of players we've sort of brought through, but also players we've took from like Middlesbrough um, or the likes of Hartlepool. Um, we got Josh Hawks, who's like, I think the top scorer in the division. So it, it now becomes that the under 23 team is actually been successful, but also on top of that, a few of them have made the progression um, in the first team, maybe not on a regular basis, um, or maybe not as much as they would like. But there's players like Josh Hawks, um, Ollie Younger have been in and around that first team and, and made the debuts and stuff like that. So I suppose you could maybe show more of a progression as well, which, you know, players coming in at under 18 level, you could also do that and say, well, he next steps under 23s and then look what the under 23s did and went on. Um, and they're successful in that division as well. So I can see where your players would maybe look at the fact that, you know, the 17-18 have done well, but they're just not good enough for the first team because they haven't hit the right level of progression, but they've got no other ceiling apart from like maybe a loan move. I noticed that Johnson went on loan to Redditch Town, and to be honest with you, mm. I couldn't tell you what division that is. So um, with all due respect to them, I don't know what level and, and what experience that'll give them otherwise and maybe getting kicked up the backside and that does give you experience, but um, is it enough experience to bring them back and get into a, a League One team that's fighting, well, or were fighting for their lives essentially? So I think I've never really looked at teams that don't have under 23 teams, but that's that's a huge advantage to us mm. and it's obviously a big advantage the way that's recently been going this year like we've actually started bringing players through from it so it makes sense why they would come outside of just the fact that maybe we would be a bigger club but I think maybe from your side you see a lot of teams that are successful that do have like that implemented already like under 18s and the 23s and the bring players through that progress to the first team and then can sell them for a decent whack of money and maybe that's frustrating having to sell and sell and sell all the time but um it's kind of effectively happened to us when we win the Premier League with Pickford and Henderson and whatnot. But it is sustainable and it does mean you keep producing people and, and, and whatnot. But it's easy for me to say as a Sunderland fan that has enough money to have a Category 1 academy and or has a Category 1 academy and enough money to keep an under-23 team running. I think, you know, Rochdale and Northampton, it's it's a bit of a different beast. Um but if you can implement it, it definitely does seem to have its rewards from my 35 years of experience of watching football. Just to pull you up very quickly, Graham, that Paul yes. Reed that you mentioned. Yes. That, that, that would be former Northampton Town centre back and captain ah. Paul Reed. Did you like uh, did you get did you like him? He's a nice nice enough bloke. Signed, not not well liked yeah, here. Um we, we signed him from Rangers for a reported hundred thousand, I think, wasn't yeah, it, Danny? He was on loan first and then we signed him yeah, yeah. It's good permanently. Um I, I'd celebrated New Year when he's next door to his house once. Started singing cobbler songs outside his house. Interesting. I don't. I don't think we could. I don't think he'll. Um, there'll be a lot of Sunderland fans listening who will tell you a lot worse things. But in my dealings with him, he was a, a nice enough fella that maybe was just. I mean, he's very early in his career of what he was meant to be doing. I think his first mm. job, pretty much, was like Eastleigh to Sunderland. And um, let me tell you, without you know, without kind of stating the obvious, that that is a bloody different beast. Um, <laughs> which is why Stuart Donald probably didn't succeed very well. But um, nice did enough he, fella. Did he bring Richard Hill from Eastleigh as well? Don't you dare! Don't you dare start having a go about Richard Hill. Because <laughs> um, that, that, that was like that was such a shock watching the Netflix series, and then suddenly yeah. seeing Richard Hill pop up there. So. Um, yeah, it was useless. Yeah, yeah, Richard Hill was useless. Um, oh, you, you say that, but he was the one that was actually saying, "Don't spend all that money on Will Green." <laughs> I didn't if say he, he was. May, as, I didn't say he, he was this useless. Maybe if he'd been listened to, <laughs> <laughs> maybe if he'd been listened to, he'd have been all right. <laughs> there's, there's a hierarchy of like pure Sunderland crap hierarchy <laughs> levels, and and he's he's there, but he's not quite as high as Stuart Donald was. So, <laughs> Methven top of the list. You'll you'll be pleased to know. Good stuff. Uh, well, look um, for the final time this season. Let's go and get some predictions. Not that it actually matters at all. Um, <laughs> I, I've gone for a a three three nil defeat because I just don't. I, I I think Danny. I don't know whether you all agree with this, but um, I think John Brady will will play a much changed team because for a couple of reasons. I mean, firstly, I think that the players who have been you know playing through 
really hard niggles and injuries and have been being brave, you know, for the cause and all this, that and the other. But there's no need for them to to play anymore. So that's mm. Mills, Kioso, Lloyd-Jones probably not starting. Um, maybe even Ryan Watson. Um, I would also like to see any of our lone players just not feature because what's yeah. the point? Yeah, no point. Send them back. That main includes one Jonathan being, Mitchell. Yeah, I was going to say the main culprit. Got to get the anyone but Mitchell. Yeah, <laughs> in goal on Saturday, uh, Sunday, even I should say. Yeah. Um, so that's what I would like to say. And uh, so therefore, I, I will we'll lose three 0 I think is a an average <laughs> of uh, what I would expect to happen. Um, I'd like to see, and I think I, I've written this, so if you're listening, do go and have a look at the actual match preview that I've written on cobblestome.com. I think I've put there that if we could have a spine of, um, I don't, to be fair, I don't know whether he's injured or not, but Dylan Berry in goal, depending on his, his current injury status, uh, Max Dyche in defence, um, McWaza in midfield, um, and then Caleb Chukwamaker up front. That would be our spine for Sunday. Ethan Johnston, maybe. Maybe, well, <laughs> he won't have to go <laughs> far if he's been trialling with Sunderland all week. Uh, but yeah, have that spine and then fill, fill in the gaps with players that are under contract and um, aren't crap, which I know doesn't leave, <laughs> doesn't leave us with much. <laughs> I think so Mike yeah, Smith can be on commentary. Smudger on commentary. I think Smudger will be on commentary. Gotta be, isn't it? More than likely. Get him on there. My hero, that guy. I love that man. Uh, Not just yours. He's 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 yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I've got. I've got. I think. I I think I said this in the last podcast. I have a Martin Smith T-shirt. Son of Pele. Yeah. Yeah, I think you did. Yeah, I did. What a great guy. I I, um, I did once send in uh, a text to a BBC Radio Northampton when he was on Cocoms, basically asking him to marry me. Uh, and he didn't say no. I, I will put it that way. He didn't say no. Start. <laughs> just start. You just keep edging away. Just sending another text in on, on Sunday. Yeah. 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 I should do that. Yeah. yeah uh, Danny, go on. Your prediction, mate. All right. So, goalkeeper's got to change. It was um, it was Charlie Woods, I think, was on the bench on Saturday. Yeah. So, get him in there. Um, when you say change, Charles, and mm. I was looking at the bench on Saturday for this. Um, Jeffrey, you wouldn't be excited about this. Um, when you say change, do we do we change the defence at all? Because there, there's someone lingering on that bench that you might not want on there. Uh, well, I'd take the... Lloyd Jones out uh, because of his injury. Yeah. Is it his groin or something? And I'd put yeah, Max yeah. Dyson. <laughs> oh, Max Dyson, yeah, that's fine then. Yeah. yeah, as long as you won't go. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put who you're talking yeah. about. In. No, <laughs> he's, he's not under contract. After Sunday, he's gone, isn't he? He's only got he only had one year. Bolger oh, okay. only had one year, so maybe we can get drops. Jeffy down. Get Jeffy down to do his negotiations. <laughs> Biggest fan. You pay us. Yeah, <laughs> that's how that should start. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It's, we, we're going to have a changed lineup, aren't we? Um, Chuck with me. Yeah, you might. You might as well just go. I, th- I think what Watson will probably play just because he's been good. Hoskins obviously plays, um, but there's no point in the likes of Mikel Miller, uh, Peter no. Kioso playing, is there really? Um, so no, no, but it's going to be a mishmash. So seven nil. I've gone for Charles. Yeah. I was going to say just just double check that that's two Sunderland. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was stunned. <laughs> at, um, I was trying. I was doing a bit of um, background for this to learn that we'd drawn nil nil with Sunderland at home. I was like, when did that happen? <laughs> that's well, it's the New Year's like, weekend. How did that happen? It? Like, were they all still yeah. pissed from? New Year's it celebrations. Was, it was then. very boring. I seem <laughs> yes. to remember Aidan McGeady trying to to work his magic, but just wasn't very good. And then he got subbed quite early on. It was the so, COVID, uh, the COVID game. We'd been away for like four weeks or something like that. Oh, that's it. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, oh, that, so that maybe, makes more sense now. Then a little bit. Yeah, it was awful, awful game. <laughs> uh, go on, yeah. then, Graham. What's your prediction for Sunday? Twelve o'clock kickoff. By the way, everyone. Oh. Well, I'm pleased you mentioned that. I didn't even realise that. So um, <laughs> I think I was gonna I was gonna go with a Danny seven nil for a laugh, but I think it's gonna have to say something like a hundred nil to beat that, aren't I? Um, <gasps> I think. Shocking. I just imagine. It's good um, job we're going down as a league two. We don't have you back on next season, Graham. <laughs> We, we'd feel really confident going into the playoffs if it was a hundred nil. To be fair, um, you'd be like, "Hang on a minute." Um, 
I honestly like, and I think this just probably sums up my mood towards the game itself, um, which I'm doing two podcasts about for the record. Um, like a one-one, like just to like no one cares. It'll just be one-one. We're just looking at how Lincoln's getting on to see if we play them home or away. Mm. Um, I'll say one-one. A Jack Ross one-one. Jack Ross loved a one-one, so I'll I'll go with a one-one. Okay, well, fair enough. I, I mean, Left that's field. more optimistic for us than than we've been. Um, I'm thinking it's going to be closer to Danny's prediction than yeah. yours, Graham. I'll um, take it. <laughs> Not so that it matters, weird. but I would take it. You know, you take like a seven 0 but it actually wouldn't matter. That would be very sound, actually, when seven 0 and for it not to actually matter. So maybe it will be seven 0 Maybe Danny is right. It'd be very us to go win as well. <laughs> yeah, oh, it would be, wouldn't it? Oh, don't. And 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 not only that, but for like us to finish on just one point behind Wigan, yeah. <laughs> like somehow Wigan lose against Swindon, is it that they've got? And then uh, we we win, and therefore we only go down by one point. That would be so typically us. And then you'd really hate us because we got beat off Wigan, and we'd hate ourselves no, because we got I... beat off Wigan. No, no, because yeah, we, we've been I, I, all of them ourselves. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It doesn't really matter, to be honest. <laughs> well, look, that's it for the preview show this season. Thanks so much for listening to the show all year. It's been really fun chatting to fans of other clubs every week. And we hope to do the same again next season, although trips to Stevenage and Colchester <laughs> and... Crawley. Oh, God. Oh, no. Ashley Hoskins. Uh, thanks to Graham and, of course, Danny. Hit the subscribe or the follow button in your podcast app to never miss an episode. And we'll be back on Tuesday with our last regular show of the year before the Bayos return. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Way! There's the cup. There's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.